Hello everyone, this is Simon with Midweek Devotions, a time for us to be in God's Word throughout the week and to be doing it together too. We've been looking at Messianic Psalms, Psalms about Jesus, and today is our last episode in this little series. And today we're looking at Psalm 118. Uh, it's a psalm that's quoted and referenced a few times in the New Testament. It's in the Gospels, it's used by Jesus himself about himself, and it's in the letters too by Paul and Peter. So uh, as we come to Psalm 118, let's start by praying, uh, and then we'll read it together, and then we'll have a little think. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it speaks loudly and clearly about Jesus and the gospel. Would you help us to see this today and help us also to see uh, the part that we play, uh, the place that we have uh, in the things that you are doing, doing on this earth. Lord, help us to come to you and to know that we can trust you uh, and that we can look to the salvation we have in Jesus for the peace and security and for everything really that we have in our lives, uh, that it can really teach us uh, to, to live and to live confidently as your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Psalm 118. It's a little bit long, uh, but just uh, take the time and, and listen as you go. If you've got a Bible there with you uh, and you're able to follow along, then that's great as well. Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give thanks, for you answered me, and you have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvellous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day, let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. 
whose love endures forever. Many years ago, I remember walking through Parramatta on my way to meet someone. As I, and as I passed through, I noticed that it seemed kind of oddly busy for the time that I was there. There just seemed to be extra people about, and it seemed like there were a lot of, lot of a very specific demographic around. Now it took me a little while to figure it out, but it turned out that the Zach that it turned out that that day Zach Efron was in town, and he was making a scheduled appearance. You can probably guess the demographic. That day, Para was full of fans, full of Zach Efron fans. Now, I didn't hang around to see what happens when Zac Efron fans meet Zac Efron, but I have an image of it in my head. Just lots of yelling and screaming and stuff like that. Just lots of that sort of do anything to get near him kind of vibe. Now, of course, we could all laugh about that, maybe even judge it a little bit, <laughs> but it's true of so many things, isn't it? Not just Zac Efron. That, that there are people and that there are things and there are fans of them. There are fans of all kinds. Fans of celebrities, fans of groups, fans of bands, fans of products, fans of clubs, fans of sports teams, fans everywhere. There's something about people too in this, something about people that makes them very capable of being fans. Capable of jumping in and latching on and becoming really passionate, sometimes crazy, for the thing that they love. Well, you know, you could kind of think of Psalm 118 as a bit of a picture of what it looks like to be a fan of God. And a fan of God, not just because he's God, but a fan of God because of what he does, because he saves us. Does it that he saves us uniquely and powerfully and profoundly in Jesus? This psalm begins with a refrain, with a line, and it's a line that's repeated at the beginning four times, and it's how the psalm ends as well. Uh, Give thanks to the Lord for his good, for he is good, and this particular phrase, his love endures forever. There's a call here for everyone, for all people, uh, and especially though for those who know God, to acknowledge him. And this is an, this is an important way for the psalm to begin, because it's the tone of the psalm uh, that flows through. It's a tone of praise for God. But not just praise, it's a tone of relationship as well. That as this psalm begins and as we reflect on the psalm, there's a context here. A context of relationship, of a persistent and consistent experience of God. God who loves. That because God has always shown his love in the past, we can put faith in the continuing love of God in the future, no matter what lies in store. And that's really the theme that flows onwards and throughout the psalm, this theme of trusting God. I think verses 8 and 9 are a great pair here that really just sort of capture the notion that it is better to take refuge in the Lord than it is to trust in humans or to trust in princes. Earthly powers just don't stack up. They aren't reliable or dependable. And indeed, in the setting of the psalm, it's precisely earthly things, earthly people that are causing strife and causing problems. It's earthly people and earthly things that are pressing in and putting pressure, surrounding and swarming and attacking. And so this is what it ultimately means to follow God, is to be a God fan, to put our trust, to take refuge in God rather than others. That we would stake our lives on him 
because he is the only one who can truly give what we need. Well, the psalm goes further than that too. It goes further than just needing to trust God because it goes on to talk about serving him as well. And actually in the psalm, it's put pretty aggressively. I'm not sure if you picked that up as we were reading it. it it's so aggressive that it's kind of jarring to our modern ears, but in a way fitting to an ancient one. There's this line that gets picked up something like four times that a person, that the psalmist might cut down their enemies and fight back against them with God's help. There's an idea here that in a sense, we defend God, that we live for his purposes and according to his will. And there's nothing really that should prevent us from doing that. We trust God so much that we view his way as our way. And not just that, but that his way is the best way. And it really is a lot like how we do fandom in real and practical life too, when we think about it. Because that's what fans do, right? They defend their heroes. Whether you're a part of the BTS army or a Swifty or an Apple diehard, whether you're a Potterhead or a Trekkie, right? like this is such a thing that we have terms for people who seem to live and die by their loyalties. It's people who are passionately and enthusiastically advocating for their thing. This is how we do f- fandom. We swear by the things we believe in. We swear by our KitchenAid and our air fryers and our Dysons. We swear by WD-40 and duct tape. We swear by Tiger Balm ointment and its ability to kill just about anything. All these things that we can be fans of. Things that we put trust in, but also things that we fiercely promote to others. Well, as fans of God and and like in this psalm, we need to trust God and we need to defend him. We need to fiercely advocate for his way too. The reason we can be so committed, the reason why we can take this up, well, it's because God saves. The psalmist writes, I will not die but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. He writes, because the Lord lifts his right hand and does mighty things, he opens the gate through which we can enter in, and and it's our salvation. God saves. In a way, he's earned our loyalty and our fierce devotion. And it's at this point, as we think this way in the psalm, that we can see Jesus ever so clearly. God saves through a stone, this psalm tells us, one that is rejected and yet will ultimately become the cornerstone, the most important stone, the stone that determines the lines and the shape of everything that follows. Jesus is the cornerstone. He says that of himself in reference to his death, that the people and the powers that might be will reject him and have him killed but that this very rejection is exactly what will make him great. His death will be his victory, and it will be the foundation of the salvation and life that follows. That's the gospel of Jesus, and it's here in Psalm 118, in a little nugget kind of form. 
But it's even more than that too. It's important for us here to see that this Jesus as cornerstone idea, this motif, is not just our hope in salvation, it's also our example. Paul and Peter both quote this psalm as well. They identify Jesus as the cornerstone and then they apply it to us as God's people and the church. They say that Jesus is the foundation of who we are and that it therefore determines how we live. The lines and the shape of our lives follow him. Our trust in God is such that we know that despite our weaknesses and our struggles, and even when we're attacked, we know that these are also the things through which we can powerfully live for God and honour him. We do not need to be afraid to side with God. And in this psalm, we remember that the conviction we have to do this doesn't begin with our strength, but with Jesus's. With how he has endured every pain, been rejected and cast aside, and yet is still victorious and the cornerstone of our faith and lives. We can be fans of God, fans of Jesus. And it's not something that we need to be ashamed about. We can do what fans do. We can do what this psalm encourages us to do. That we can trust in God and serve God. And ultimately what it's saying is that we can give thanks to God. That we can praise and exalt God. That's how this psalm ends. With this command to praise and exalt and give thanks to God. Because he's good and because his love endures forever. Here's some simple suggestions for how you can do that today. The first and maybe the easiest one is you could say a prayer. Pray to God and and as you pray, make sure to acknowledge the things that you've seen God at work in, in your life. Perhaps you could even give thanks for some of the challenges you're facing and how you know that God is using them to grow you. You could say a prayer. Well, here, how about this one? You could sing a song. Maybe you could pick one of your favourite church songs, one of the things that we sing on Sundays. Um, YouTube is full of great renditions of them. Our own church's YouTube channel with our Sunday services has videos of songs. Follow along with them and worship God for a bit. Lift your voice to him for a bit. I I know that doing that is something that's often helpful for me when I've wanted to connect with God more. Maybe something else you could do is you could share with a friend. Whether it's a Christian one or a non-Christian one, share with someone the things that you are joyful and thankful about. And share with them about how it helps, how it gives you some peace and security in your life as you live it, trusting God and knowing that Jesus is the cornerstone, the one who has saved us. Friends, today as we consider this psalm and as we consider Jesus, let's make an effort to do these simple things, to give thanks and praise and to exalt God. Let's be a fan, trust and serve him. Let's pray. That's something we do today. Uh, Father God in heaven, you are the one who has saved us in your mighty hand and according to your mighty power, you save us in Jesus who is rejected and killed and yet is victorious in his death. Thank you that we have a cornerstone such as Jesus. 
someone who is dependable and faithful, righteous and powerful, who we know will never let us down, and who we know we can always trust. Lord, teach us to be fans, to know how we can serve you with all that we have. That we would be people who are unashamed of the gospel, unashamed of our relationship with you and our trust in you in our lives. People who are passionate and convicted of your place in our lives as first and foremost, the one who shows us how we ought to live. Lord, teach us today to give thanks to you and to praise you and to exalt you. Lord, help us to do that even when we don't know, even when we don't have answers, even when we're unsure what the things that we are facing and working through, struggling with, mean. Help us, Lord, to always just be able to come back in thanks and praise and worship. And help us to do that knowing that you will make things clear to us in time. Lord, thank you that you are a God who is worthy of them and that you have shown us in Jesus, the Son, the cornerstone of our faith and salvation, of our identity as God's people and of our church as well. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for midweek devotions this week. And it's it for our little series on Messianic Psalms. We'll probably be taking a little break and then we'll be back with something new in a couple weeks time. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then.